It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. Hallelujah. Thank you all so much. I hope you heard that song, <laughs> that you are royalty. And you need to not define yourself the way that people have defined you. And you don't need to define yourself the way that the world has defined you. You belong to God. And anything that God has is a success. And anything that God does, he does well. And so you need to see yourself in the future and you need to know that your future is blessed and your future is anointed. Let's pray together. God, we love you. We honor and we bless you on this another first Sunday. We thank you so much for the privilege that we have to gather around your word. Your word is a lamp to our feet. It is a light on our path. We cannot stumble and we cannot be uncertain about which way we're going when your word gives us direction and clarity. God, we pray today that you would illuminate your word, speak to us, help us, Lord God, to understand you more, and then, Lord God, to conform our lives to be more like you. And we'll be so very careful, as we always do, to give you the glory and the praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all that agree with that said, amen and amen. Hallelujah. What a mighty God. Listen, once again, so grateful for all of you that continue to tune in and join with us and we are grateful for you. We have been in a verse by verse study, verse by verse sermon series through the book of Revelation. And um, most times, especially during a pandemic, it, it, it's so important, many churches, to find themes and subjects, four-week kind of focuses that would cause people to be excited about that subject. And very few people are going through a book of the Bible during the pandemic. But you all, I believe that even though we're not physically together as a church family, I have an obligation, I have a duty as a pastor, as a man of God, to help you to grow in your knowledge of the Word of God. Not just to find subject matters uh, that you want to find scriptures to back up, uh, which are okay, and I will do those. Uh, but you all, it's so important that we're able to not say, oh, I don't know anything about that book of the Bible, especially the book of Revelation. And so you all, so thankful for those of you all that have been joining with us and journeying with us. Encourage many of you to go back and maybe look at previous messages. I also really celebrate uh, our uh, Grow Our team that is developing our content and our ministers that are developing content to kind of follow up online. So any of you all that would like to follow up afterwards are able to do so. So Revelation chapter 12, Revelation chapter 12, we're almost coming down to the end of the book about the end. Uh, Revelation chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. I'm reading from the New International Version, so it may read differently than your translation. But Revelation chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. A great sign appeared in heaven. 
a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. I want to begin uh, again in verse 1. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. I want to talk from the subject today, hunted but hidden hunted but hidden. Uh, for many of you all who know anything about me, you know I like movies. Uh, and don't judge me. I mean, I'm on a journey. Some of y'all be like, you know, but I just like movies. And so one of my favorite movie series is the Taken movie series, uh, uh, portrayed by a guy by the name of Liam Neeson, who portrays uh, Brian Mills. And, uh, and he basically has tragedies happen in his life, not just once, not just twice, but three times, but two of those times, uh, one time his daughter is taken, and then the next time his wife is taken. And, uh, and he, 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 he warns the kidnappers. He, I mean, this is deep now. They're on the phone trying to tell him their demands, you know, give, you know do this for me, and you can get your loved one back. Maybe he says, I, I want to I be easy on you. Give me back my child, because if you don't, I will find you. I will catch you, and I will kill you. I have a specific set of skills. And this man is unbelievable, you all. And the bottom line is that there's no obstacle and there's no hindrance internationally uh, that stops him from getting back what belongs to him. And you all, I believe that if any of us ever understood how tenacious God is over you, it would blow your mind how many things God has done and is doing to protect you, to keep you, and guess what? To get you back. Some of you all have been in situations where the enemy feel like he's taking your joy. He's taking your peace. He's taking your financial security. He's taking your hope. He's taking your dreams. But can I tell you something that God is doing? God is saying he's got a set of specific skills. And he's reminding the enemy that no matter what he thought or no matter what he thinks he's doing to steal and to kill and to try to destroy you, Jesus has come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Last month, you all, we celebrated Black History Month, and I, and I really, I really uh, struggled with this. I really did because I feel as though, um, you know, our story as people of color in this country has not really been told, and for many of you know, since we have been a church every February, every February since we've been a church, I have set, set aside time to not just talk about black people, but to talk about the cultural differences and conversations conversations about race that we need to have. So that's been what I've been doing since I've been a pastor. But I've rarely ventured outside of that sometimes to focus on other months of the year with specific focuses. Uh, but the month of March is women, uh, Women's History Month. And you are, I found it poignant. I found it unbelievably, maybe divinely uh, ordained that 
as we look at Revelation chapter 12, verse 1, the first thing that we see in this verse, verse, is it says, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman <laughs> clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. Well, first of all, you need to understand that when the Bible talks about a sign, it's saying that what you're about to see, don't look at it specifically, but look at what it's representing. Now, you all, there are other times in the book of Revelation where there's specificity, where it means specifically this, that this is going to happen on this, you know, at this particular time. It's going to happen for this duration of days. It's going to happen at this location. It'll be in Jerusalem. It'll be, you know, there were very specific things that we saw. But you all, we've got to be careful as we journey through Revelation to not take things that are considered to be signs, because guess what? Signs signs do what? They point to something. You don't end up saying, I'm going to go to the sign and stop at the sign. The sign points to something. So it says, a great sign appeared in heaven, and the sign that appeared was a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. Now, for many of my Catholic brothers and sisters, and I thank God so many, for so many of you all that love, love God and love Christ, but many of you all, uh, you may kind of think about this image and say, wow, that's the way that Mary is depicted. And believe it or not, many people in the Catholic tradition take this text, and they will have a depiction of Mary, and you'll see Mary with the sun uh, kind of over her head. You'll see the moon under her feet, and you'll see the 12 stars that actually, so, and that is actually usually the depiction or the visual representation that people give to Mary. Now listen, I'm not here to, to down uh, anybody's faith at all. You know that I'm not that kind of a person, but I just want to say to you all, Jesus never intended for you to worship Mary. I'm just going to be honest. He never intended. As a matter of fact, there's no one that should be worshipped but God. Uh, they tried to do it with Paul. They tried to do it with Peter. They tried to say, look, all these miracles you're doing, we come to worship you. And they were very careful to say, please, no, 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 no. Let's not give any worship to a man or to a human. We can only give it to God. Now, yes, Mary played an integral part in the birth of Christ. Yes, she played an, an, a significant role in Christian history and in world history. So we don't want to dishonor the input that she's made or the incredible impact that she's made. However you all, I have seen, listen, I, I went to Catholic school and guess what they, in, in the prayer it says, Hail Mary, full of grace. The, the Lord, then it says, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. They're asking Mary, listen, Mary, I love you. I really appreciate what you did, but I don't necessarily want you praying for me when I'm about to die. I need Jesus to be talking to God on my behalf. You know what I'm saying? So, so you all, listen, I'm just saying be careful to not take a text of scripture and then misassign it from what it really means. So many people have taken this text and made this to be Mary, but we know that this is not the case because of where the rest of the text goes. We believe that the woman in this text that has the sun clothing her, the moon under her feet, and the crown of 12 stars on her head, that this is a symbol of Israel. All right. Now, let me just say this, you all. And I've got many people who, again, uh, are down on Israel. Now, whatever you are, I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, a policy between the United States and Israel. I'm talking about, listen, listen, Israel is the only nation that exists that was founded by God. I'm just going to be real with it. And the Bible says those that bless Israel will be blessed. 
and those that curse Israel will be blessed, will be cursed. I'm not saying that all the people in Israel are good people. I'm not saying all their policies are right. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying I've heard a lot of people talk about Jewish people really badly. And I'm just saying to y'all, you need to take your mouth off of the people that Jesus came through and the ones that are in that he is in covenant with. Because can I tell you something? There are Jews and the rest of the world. Jews and Gentiles. If you're African-American, uh, now you may say, well, hold on, Reverend. I'm, 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 and you may be a person of color who is a descendant out of the tribes of, of, of Israel. All right. So I'm not saying that they got to look a certain way or have a certain ethnicity because they, they, they don't all look the same way. All right. So you can be a person of color or dumb, and, and come from a Jewish background. However, you all, we've got to be careful about not honoring Israel. We believe this. This is an image of Israel clothed with the sun means the glory and the exalted status that Israel has. There's no again, no other nation that Jesus is going to come back and take up his throne on earth in Israel. The Antichrist is going to go to Jerusalem. We just talked about the two prophets who prophesied out of Jerusalem. Everything that Jesus did, he did around Jerusalem. It is the city of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you all? So clothed with the sun is Israel's glory and exalted status. The moon under her feet, we believe that that's a, a, a kind of a reference to many of the, the new moon celebrations, which were actually celebrated in, in covenant with God. So when God made covenant with Israel, they would have these celebrations or these feast days or festivals that God ordained, and he would connect those at the certain times uh, with the moon. So we believe that's a reference for that. Finally, you all, the 12 stars represent the 12 tribes of Israel. During Christmas, we sing a song, you know, we talk about the scripture, for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given. And you all, that is actually a direct reference to Israel. Unto us, those of us who have been waiting for the Messiah, waiting for the promised one to come up out of the line of David, come out of the house of David as God prophesied. And now they said, for now unto us, this son is born. So we believe that, that verse one of chapter 12 is a depiction of Israel. Verse two, Israel, and she was pregnant and cried out in pain, waiting for the birth of the Messiah or waiting for the birth of her child. Israel cried out in pain for many thousands of years, waiting for the promise of God. As a matter of fact, you all, there are very few people that have been oppressed as much as the people who are called Jewish people. There's very few people that have been in prison and enslaved and tried to be eradicated as, 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 as not even existent people with the genocide as the Jews have. And so you all cried out in pain, waiting for the birth of her child. Let me just say this to those of you who are pregnant with things and wonder why you are crying so much. You are crying so much and you are broken so much because you are at the edge of giving birth to something. Many people don't understand that maybe your discomfort and maybe your dis-ease and maybe your, your, your restlessness and maybe your mourning and your, your fatigue is not just because uh, it's a natural situation, but I believe that maybe some of you all are on the edge of giving birth to something and you're pregnant with something and before you can actually give birth you've got to go through some pain you all I, I, I appreciate women so much uh, I mean I'm telling you uh, when I saw my wife giving birth uh, I needed an epidural uh, I, I said I'm serious I, they, they were talking about drugs I said I need some of that whatever whatever y'all giving her I, I'm, I'm looking at what's happening and I'm like how is this happening 
I'm serious, y'all. And then y'all be, and I just had one because that was enough. I was in trauma. And so, I mean, some of y'all had five and six. I'm like, how is that happening? All right. So, so you all, I've rarely seen, rarely seen a woman giving birth, you know, yawning and eating, but you know, she going to do some crying. She going to do, it's called labor. And so the pregnant woman cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. And I just want to say to those of you all who've not been able to interpret it, interpret what your cry of pain is connected with. You don't see that your pain is connected to childbirth. And some of y'all are getting ready to birth some things and your pain is connected to what you're about to birth. Verse three. It says, then another sign appeared in heaven. Watch this now. An enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its head. So watch this now. Watch the, watch the juxtaposition. On one side, we've got a, a pregnant woman crying out getting ready to give birth and immediately there's a dragon with seven heads and ten horns and and crowns on its head and he is he's coming at the same time she's about to give birth getting ready to attack and try to thwart and try to stop what's about to be born for every birth that is getting ready to happen in and through you there's also a dragon being assigned to you for everything that you are trying to manifest and you're trying to bring forth into the earth and you're trying to, to, to bring forth into fruition, there's always a demonic presence that is right there to try to kill, steal, and to destroy your dream and your vision and what God has planted in you. But I came on this first Sunday of March to say, if God said it, it will come to pass. If God ordained it, it shall come to pass. If you are pregnant with it, you're going to come to full term and you're going to deliver what he gave you. An enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns. These are a depiction of Satan. And as a matter of fact, seven heads refer to wisdom. Just write this down. Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 12 when it gives a description of Satan and his characteristics it talks about seven is a number of completion. Alright? Whenever you see the number seven it always means completion. That's why the Antichrist is 666 trinity of incompletion. You see what I'm saying? It's a, trinity, it's a trinity of negativity and incompletion, and seven is always connected with completion. So he has seven heads uh, of, uh, which represent wisdom, and then he has ten horns, which symbolizes the ten kingdoms in which he will have authority over, both past, present, as, as John was seeing the revelation, and future. So he will be given authority over, seven, over, over ten kingdoms. The crowns that he uh, is wearing, uh, or these, uh, these heads are wearing, represent authority and rule. So whether you know it or not, the moment that Satan was cast out of heaven, we're about to get to this in a minute, he was given a measure of authority in the earth. Not because God wanted him to have it, because God gave it to us, but we gave it to him. God gave mankind authority to rule and have authority in the earth. We were God's representative on the planet in the Garden of Eden. And when Satan came and tempted Adam and Eve and, and they ended up committing sin and entering into that fall, at that moment, they gave over the authority God gave to them to him. 
And that is why from that day forward, there's been calamity, there's been sin, there's been pandemic, there's been earthquake, there's been all that kind of stuff because now he has been given a measure of authority and rule. And so these crowns represent the fact that this dragon, this red dragon, which symbolizes bloodshed, with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head, he now arises. Verse 4, its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. This is a, ref this is a reference you all again. Uh, as a matter of fact, turn, turn with me if you don't. No, nah, okay. just make a note. Daniel chapter 8, verse 10. Daniel 8, verse 10. And Jude 6. All right. It, it tells us in those texts about the rebellion that took place in heaven. And that not only did Satan uh, leave, but he took a third of the heavenly host with him. And those are the scripture references for that. And so you all, the, the, the demons that we call them, they are angels, but fallen angels, right? That's why they're called demons. And whether you know it or not, they're real demonic work and activity in the earth. And just because you can't see them doesn't mean that they're not there. Just because you can't see angels don't mean that the angels of God are not there. As a matter of fact, you are each and every one of you has been assigned an angel. And it's not just some little cheap little men. You know, I'm talking about a warring angel. You got angels watching over you all night. You've got angels protecting you when you get in your car. You've got angels watching over your children. Listen, you all, I don't care if you got ADT or guardian alarm. That is not your security. It is the angels of God that are watching you. And Have you ever been in a situation and you knew that something greater than you had protected you? Have you been in a car accident and your car was mangled and you came out and you were unscathed? That was the angels of God protecting you and keeping you. Have you had somebody try to say, I'm going to get you and I'm going to come after you, but you knew that God's got some angels around me and there's no weapon formed against me that will prosper? Well, just as there are angelic angels that are from God, there are also you all demonic angels, right? that had fallen with Satan. So it says, his tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. Now watch this. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. To every woman that's listening, <laughs> There is a devil that is standing in front of you before you give birth for the purpose of devouring your vision. Let me say that again, because I don't know who I'm talking to. That, that's not even in the notes. That's what, listen, that's a prophetic word, and I don't even use words like prophetic words, so it's a real prophetic word. Whoever you are, woman of God, who's about to, <laughs> you're about to tell God his vision for you was wrong. And you're about to accommodate the vision based on your known ability so that you can now rewrite God's vision to the level of your execution. And God is saying, if I wanted it to be the way that your feeble mind and feeble hands could execute it, then I wouldn't have said nothing to you. I would let you keep failing and doing stuff the way you've been doing. But I gave you a vision greater than you so that when you did it, you would once again, who always want the credit, will end up seeing that this was far beyond me and it was God that did this. But there's a devil <laughs> who is in front of you waiting to kill what you are about. To give birth to. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 7 through 18, 
<laughs> when Jesus was about to be born, Herod made a decree. We're going to kill any firstborn child who's born during this time frame. So you all, this demonic spirit that we're seeing shown as a sign of a red dragon who was trying to kill the offspring of Israel, which was Jesus standing there, waiting to kill him right when he was born. That is a direct image of when Herod tried to kill Jesus. But it wasn't just then, but throughout the ministry of Jesus, there were people that tried to take his life before the time. And one time he said to them, he said, no, 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 no. I can't die before my time. He just vanished out of their midst. And there was a time that his boy, who was his, his main running buddy, said, start saying some stuff to him. And he said, no, 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 no. He said, no, you're not going to die. You're not going to do this. He said, get thee behind me, red dragon. Because you're trying to get me to go another route other than what God has ordained. I've got to die so that you and humanity is redeemed. So you all throughout the ministry of Jesus, this demonic spirit did all that he could to take his life. And so the woman who is here about to give birth sees this demonic aberrance, this dragon in front of her, trying to devour her child the moment that he's born. I wonder how many of you all have had things that were giving birth and there was something waiting to devour at the moment that it was given birth. I wonder how many of y'all had ideas and dreams and the moment, that's why be careful who you talk to your, share your dreams with. Be careful who you share your dreams with because the capacity of the, of the hearer will determine whether or not they're able to come back with you with faith or come back to you with a whole lot of stipulations of why you can't do it. You better, you better, you better be careful who you surround yourself with because people who don't have the capacity to hear God and to know how big God is will tell you that your idea and your dream is unreachable. But when you talk to people who have a God-sized vision and understand the, the power and the breadth of God, then they will say, oh, you are more than able to do that. Oh, I know you can do that because I know the God who who is able to give you the power to do it. I don't surround myself with people who have not, who have not displayed to me faith. Because people that have not displayed faith cannot encourage my faith. I need to be around some people who have seen God move and seen God move a mountain and seen God open a door. And I'm just wondering, is there anybody listening to me has ever seen God do something supernatural and beyond yourself then those are people of faith that you want to hear from. And I don't talk to folks who don't believe. I'm sorry, I just encourage them. How you doing? Good to see you, but I'm not going to give them my dream. Because inside of them is a dragon ready to discourage my dream. You know what? Let me just say this. Citadel, please hear me. Hear me well. This, 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 all right. I don't even know if you believe. Like for real, for real. I'm just, I'm just going to go back. I, I, have, I remember one time I said, we're going to win, I forget what it was, I think it was a thousand souls to Christ. I knew when I said it that there was no faith in the room. I knew it. Because I, I, when people have faith, they get excited. And I just saw people say, mm, like, how are we, ooh, a thousand? They said, maybe we can get 200. And we got about maybe three, because that's what the faith was. And here's my question. <laughs> Why do you think God started this church? It's a million churches in Detroit. Do you, I, I don't want to just have a church. 
I don't want to just have another streaming Sunday service. How many people streaming from their bedroom? And I'm just, this, is, this is supposed to be a movement to help people who are far from God come to God of every race, every ethnicity, people that are extremely intelligent, people with no education, people that are professors, people that are hood rats. This is supposed to be for everybody. But if we don't have a vision and we don't have faith for that, we will only stay in the shallow waters of what we are able to do and, and not wade into the supernatural waters that God's called us to. So he tried to devour her, but verse 5, <laughs> she still gave birth. <laughs> Let me just pause there. It don't matter what the devil's tried to do you still have been given birth. Isn't it funny that all the stuff the devil's been trying to put in your way to stop you, you still are moving forward? The Bible says that with all of the opposition, she gave birth to a son, a male child. Who is he now? He will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. This is a reference to Jesus. So once again, Israel being the woman who's clothed with the sun, who has the moon beneath her and the seven stars on her head, she now is getting ready to give birth, crying out. But right when she's getting ready to cry out, there's a demon, a red dragon who is standing before her, ready to devour Jesus, devour the Messiah, stop the mission of God. But she still gives birth. And now he is the one who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And it says, and her child was snapped snatched up to God and to his throne. That is a reference in the book of Acts when Jesus ended up catching a cloud and being ascended into heaven. And so you all, this is an image. This is a sign now of what has happened with Israel. And God keeps talking in Revelation about Israel and about Jerusalem. He keeps talking about that. And now he's talking about this woman who's given birth to the Messiah, right? And now he has been trying to be killed, but he ends up now ascending into heaven. Verse 6. I'm, I'm done. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God. So you all, this is also a reference to what's going to happen in the future. The great tribulation is going to occur. And what the Antichrist is going to do is he's going to set up leadership uh, in Jerusalem, and he's going to let the people do all of their worship and do all of their practices as they, as they normally do. But then midway, he's going to shut it all down, and he's going to end up setting up idols in Jerusalem, and he's going to end up set, setting up, uh, he's going to call it the great desecration. He's going to purposefully desecrate the holy place of Israel. And during the time of the desecration, which is halfway through the tribulation, the Jewish believers, about 144,000 of them, will be taken and led off into safety during that period for about 1,260 days. And so we found this already. We'll find, we, we, when we talk about what's going to happen during the Great Tribulation, when the remnant is preserved, well, here it says that the woman, Israel, the remnant, flees into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Let me just end with this. <laughs> Satan has been hunting God's people from the beginning. But can I tell you what God does? God always preserves and he always protects. It says that he took the woman into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God. Here's the question. There's persecution in Jerusalem, 
but there's protection in the wilderness, but it's in the wilderness. <laughs> we, we don't equate the wilderness as provision. We don't equate God sending us into the wilderness for provision and protection. But God didn't send her into the palace. He didn't send her into a place of comfort. He sent the woman who was faithful. He sent Israel into the wilderness, a place prepared for her by God. So some of your wildernesses that you think are from the devil are from God. I wonder what wilderness has God prepared for you that you're in? <laughs> I wonder, women of God, what wilderness are you living in? What wilderness of isolation and loneliness? What wilderness of fear? What wilderness of being overwhelmed? What wilderness of being uncertain? What wilderness are you in that you thought was from the devil, but it was actually a place prepared by God? And in the wilderness, not just hidden, but taken care of. <laughs> not just protected from the devourer, not just protected from the Antichrist, but in the wilderness, taken care of. I'm almost done. Is there any other reference, Pastor, of anybody in the wilderness that was taken care of? Oh, I'm glad that you asked. It's called the children of Israel. The children of Israel brought out of Egypt and put into a desert. And they said, what are we going to eat? And God says, I gotcha. He ended up raining down bread from heaven and they call what is it and that's called manna but not only that he bought some chicken strips and the chicken strips came down and that was called quail and he said well, what are we gonna drink the bible says that there was a rock that followed them through the wilderness it didn't just say that they got different rocks that water came from but there was a rock that followed them through the wilderness and all of the millions of people who were in the wilderness drank from the rock well I believe that that rock is God I believe that that rock is Jesus and he follows us through our wildernesses and we drink from the stream of his presence but not only that the Bible says that there was a pillar of fire by day and a pillar of cloud by night. That meant that at nighttime, where everybody else was freezing around me, I'm warm by the pillar of fire at night. God's provision in the wilderness. But in the daytime, in the scorching heat of the sun, there was a pillar of cloud to give me shade. Don't tell me that God won't provide in a wilderness. <laughs> I had a mama who raised me by herself and I never had a time I was hungry because God provided in the wilderness. I had a mama who was a single parent but I went to Jesuit prep school and went to Ivy League school because my mama had provision in the wilderness. Mm. <laughs> so all of y'all, and it's Women's History Month, so all the ladies, that's overwhelmed and discouraged about the wilderness that God has prepared for you and sent you in to hide and protect you rethink your wilderness and rethink that your wilderness may not be a punishment and it may not be something you're doing wrong but it might be God isolating you from the plan of the devil to steal what you're pregnant with and to make sure that you are protected and provided for in the wilderness. Let's pray. God, we love you, we honor, and we bless you. Thank you so much that your word not only gives us insight, 
specifically about things to come. And I believe with all my heart that there are people many, many, many years down the road who will be catching and watching this, getting insight about real-time events that are happening in their world. Thank you so much that your word is true and that the book of Revelation in the Bible is specific. And when the great tribulation comes, thank you that the people of God who turn to you at a time where the Holy Spirit won't even be present on the earth, that they'll say, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior with no inner witness. The Spirit of God will be gone, but they'll serve Jesus. 144,000 of these 12 tribes of Israel will go and be protected by you in the time of great tribulation. But God, I believe that there's some present-day application of what this text says about the future for Israel and for the world that you have given us, God, promises that you want us to give birth, you want us to bring into the world things that are in us, but with that childbearing, there's going to be crying, there's going to be pain, and let us not despise the process of birth. You cannot have something born that does not involve crying and discomfort and pain but then God we also know that just as we're trying to bring into the world something from you the devourer is right there ready to steal it but thank you so much that with all of his plans and all of his desires (laughs) your plans still come to fruition and then God you take us and you hide us God thank you for hiding us Thank you for hiding us, God, from the wicked one. Thank you for hiding us, God, from those who would mean harm and ill to us. Thank you for hiding us in your pavilion and setting us upon a rock. Thank you for being our hiding place that we can run into you and be safe. And God, finally, God, I pray that whoever's in a wilderness would not view that wilderness as some punishment, but know that you have your way in the wilderness. (laughs) And as long as I'm provided for, as long as I'm protected, I know that the wilderness is not my final destination, but while I'm in it, I'll thank God for his provision and protection through it. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed wherever you may be. I just want to just ask this question. Have you given your life, your heart, your will to Jesus? What does that mean? Have you simply said, you know what? I can't live this life on my own. I need to give my life to someone greater than me. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. 
I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us, and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT, or please visit us on our website, citadeloffaith.org. That's simply spelled C-I-T-A-D-E-L of faith. Dot org, all one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together, one person at a time.